0: let's take some shots. JK, we're sober. I'm
1: Julie. I'm Kimberly.
0: And today I actually woke up to a text message from another sober woman who I had met in the rooms. And it says, I don't even know who wrote it. It says Anis Nin or something. I don't know who that is, but it says she lacks confidence. She craves admiration and stability. She lives on the reflections of herself in the eyes of others. She does not dare to be herself. And I thought that that's something that we could kind of talk about today as far as how we perceived ourselves, how we, you know, our image of ourselves before we got sober, after we got sober, and how we kind of, how it's changed, evolved, or stayed the same, or anything like that. What do you think?
1: Um, I think it's a great subject.
0: Cool. So... Do you want to start? Because I know you have some history of um, some self-image stuff, as do I, but I'll have you start.
1: Okay. So um, with my history, I was 10 years old the first time my eating disorders uh, became present in my life. Um, I've struggled with anorexia and bulimia um, all of my life. Um, 10 years old? I was 10 years old. I actually had hit puberty at 10. And apparently it's really normal for you to gain weight when (laughs) you're going through puberty. Wow.
0: Odd concept. And um, 10 is so young too. Like that just blows my mind that women and men and whatever you identify with at such a young age we're able to look in the mirror and not like what we see. Meanwhile, when we're so young, like you're supposed to be not supposed to be anything, but you know, I just feel like like you're a child, like just you, when you see a normal, te- like a 10 year old, not normal, whatever. When you see a 10 year old, your first thought is not, she must be bulimic like you're 10. Yeah. Like that's so young. So how did that start?
1: Um, well, I think it was stress induced. Um, I lived in, I don't want to say a broken home, but I definitely did not have a pleasant upbringing. Um, I grew up around alcohol and drugs, and I think it was a control issue, and um, it followed me all throughout my life, including my adult life. I could go a week without eating. while I was drinking and drugging, it I still drank and I still drugged with no food in my stomach for, like, days. It's so scary. And I don't know how I didn't pass out. Or... Grace of
0: God, my friend, because yes. I don't even know half the shit that we did, how we're still alive and that alone, being so young and, like, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was in middle school with teeth marks on my hand from shoving my hand down my throat to throw up my lunch. And... It was because I wanted to be as skinny as my friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I remember I went to go get my hips pierced. I was 16 at this time. I went to go get my hips pierced and my friends, my mom were all in the room and he had to kind of massage the area because it's a service, uh, surface piercing. And before he stuck the needle through and I guess like my stomach jiggled. And I got in the car with my mom and my mom was like, Kimberly. And at this point I had already gone on like two or three walks a day. Cause I didn't want to be in the house in general right. because I was around drugs and alcohol. And
0: cause your mom, I remember in the past you said has, or had a history with all of that.
1: Yes. Which, which started mine mm-hmm. because I started with her, but I would go on these walks all the time. And she knew that. And when she saw my stomach, you know, jiggle, I guess. Um, she told me when we got in the car I should go on more walks because, um, my stomach was jiggling and it wasn't very appealing, and you know, everyone saw that. Oh my god! So, as you know, even when I first met you, we would go to Tiger Lily, and I barely ate in front of you.
0: I remember that. I remember we. First of all, Tiger Lily Cafe, a little shout out to them. Awesome place in Port Jeff. like the cutest. Like they have the vegan, the gluten-free, awesome place. But we went for lunch and oh, I think I had you speak at St. Charles, right? Yes. The Detox Center. I was uh, hosting meetings there for a little bit before COVID took over our lives. Um, and I remember sitting there and I got a salad and this big like plant burger on top of it. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, how come you're not eating? And this was like when we first like really started hanging out. And like, I didn't, you're like, oh, I'm just not hungry. Like, I didn't really think anything of it.
1: Yeah. And then I think I finally told you, Mm -hmm. I just feel weird eating in front of people. Yeah. And, you know, as you mentioned, we were talking earlier, I ate a big bowl of macaroni and cheese in front of you. I've ate in front of other friends recently. Like, I'm not afraid of food anymore because I'm not afraid of myself anymore i have more control over my life where at one point the only thing i could control were substances and food Mm -hmm. and now i have now that i'm sober i have full control over my life i am fully accountable to what i do and to what i do to my body and it's funny you say that
0: because you know the only things that you had control over were a substance and food meanwhile it was so out of control, you know, like it's so funny how our perceptions are able to change because like, oh, I had control over my drinking, my drugging. Like that's what I was able to control in reality. It was so out of your control and you so could not because otherwise we wouldn't be sober and wouldn't be doing these podcasts if we had control over our ability to drink and drug like normal humans, drug like normal humans. I don't even know, whatever, you know what I mean. But, and the fact that like, food was something that you thought you could control. But really, it's our brains are sick. And the fact that your brain was thinking like, okay, like I can control not eating, like, that's like not healthy, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, and it's so funny how like, and also, I'm so proud of you, because I've noticed like we were talking before we started recording, I noticed your ability to change or your not ability, your your change from when I first met you when we first went to Tiger Lily cafe and you weren't eating and then how you would go to the diner and order fries and not eat them. And we were like, Oh, what do you mean fries? Like, you know, like no one, but no one thought anything of it. Like I was like, Oh, that girl loves fries. Like she's (laughs) just going to order fries. But I wasn't watching your plate. I wasn't seeing how much you ate, but I did note that you never got a meal. We were all ordering like pancakes and eggs and burgers and this and that, and you just got fries. And now, like you said, the other day, like last Sunday before we were recording, you were able to have a bowl of macaroni and cheese. Like I was able to be like, Hey, I made gluten-free brownies. Do you want one? And you were like, hell yeah, bring them over. And you ate it in front of me. And like, I noticed that that's like, that's huge. And that's like incredible growth to be able to go from a place where you are, 10 years old and hating your body image and then 16 and starting to purge and like excessively walking and this and that to now like being able to have a meal like that alone. And that wouldn't have happened unless you got sober, unless you like got your shit together in that sense, you know, cause you yeah. wouldn't have been able to see, I guess, like any positive in you.
1: Yeah. Right. Because I saw none. Yeah. I did not see any positive aspects of of myself. I thought I was worthless. I felt hopeless and powerless for so many years that I didn't want to kill myself. I just wanted something else to kill me. Like I was waiting for it. Yo, it's I'm so like, funny. Can I get I get a semi truck just take me <laughs> out? Because we also have no,
0: that even goes back to like no confidence, like no ability to even like, to live a normal, healthy life is just something that we were so incapable of doing. And now that we're sober, we're able to, and it's not, I don't know. I was not, I was going to say it's funny. It's not funny, but like I had like the opposite problem. Like I've always had negative body image of myself because I've always thought I was too fat. And I've always had, like, I do a lot of negative self-talk whether it be for my body image or my reactions to people or my emotions, like a lot of stuff. So, oh, you're stupid for thinking that way. Why would you think that way? Why do you look that way? Oh, you can't be with someone because you're fat. Oh, this and that. And I remember being in college and I remember, um, you know, like looking at my roommates and they were all so skinny And it would, I think I've mentioned this in another episode, like it would be like me standing, I'm like, oh, having one of those nights again, like got to change my outfit 19 fucking times. And like, I look back on pictures now and I'm like, damn, I wish I looked like I do now then, because like I was, I felt good. Like I should have felt good. Not I felt good. I should have felt good about myself then. And like. Now I look at myself and like weight is something that I always struggle with. And I'm not like, quote unquote, skinny. I'm not like some model, whatever the case is. But like I should, I'm learning to be happy with myself. And I'm learning to be, you know, like I'm taking control on aspects where like I got a nutritionist. So I'm learning how to eat healthy. I'm learning that, you know, my mom always says like, well, let's go for a walk, but in like a nice, encouraging way i guess and you know and i'm always i don't go for a walk like because i don't want to face the fact that like i might need more change in order to feel happy and it's all self-sabotage when it comes down to it you know and it's all like like i know for me i would get into like it incorporates mental illness for me so like always being depressed that i was never good enough like that was my baseline functioning was not being good enough for myself for other people for for anyone and anything on this planet like I was just never fucking good enough ever and then you know it went to so I'm depressed so in order to deal with my depression I'm gonna eat my feelings because that was the only way I knew how to cope it was either get drunk get high or eat usually a combination of all three is what occurred. So I would eat my feelings away and sit there and just like shove food in my face. And then I would fall asleep because I was like passed out on the couch. Cause like, God forbid I got a normal night rest when I was not sober. And then I would wake up and I would be pissed off that I just ate so much. And then I would feel more depressed and then I would eat more because I was depressed. And you know, so it's like a vicious cycle of like, never being happy with ourselves. So whether it's like you think you're not skinny enough, so you don't eat at all. And then me who thinks I'm not good enough and I don't look good enough for people. So I eat more like it's like the whole It's just so like fucked. And I I could get into like a really big rant right now, how yeah. society and everyone makes you think that you need to look and feel a certain way when it really comes down to loving yourself where you are at this present moment. So like, am I my quote unquote ideal weight right now? No, but like I need to learn to accept where I am. And that is like my big thing is not knowing how to accept how I look and feel okay about it. And I think that's a lot, obviously like, you know, we came for our drinking problem and now we, and our drug problem. And now we have to stay to change our thoughts because I don't, I, I still to this day, like today, like I don't like, you know, I don't like how I look, but I'm trying. And, um, it's like a forever battle.
1: It is. It's, it's, it's never going to end, but we have to be strong enough. I don't want to say strong enough to fight it because I feel like that sounds a little negative, mm-hmm. but, um, I feel like a a small glimpse of it will always be there. Yeah. Like the past will always be there, but you don't have to stare at it too long. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. And I feel
0: like, you know, what I read, um, before, you know, the, um, I'm so happy that girl texted me that I got to reach out to her and tell her that I spoke about her in the podcast without giving her name. But, you know, like she lacks self-confidence. She craves admiration and stability. She lives on the reflections of herself in the eyes of others. She does not dare to be herself. And that was literally like me and you, you know, like we lived our life based off of what we thought other people wanted to see and what we thought other people would be happy with. But like, what about us? What about Julie? What about Kimberly? Like, what about what we want to see? What we're happy with? And like, it's so crazy how our thoughts go from like, when before we were sober, and like now, like our ability to kind of learn how to be ourselves, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, and I definitely that's something that I still struggle with. And just because that, you know, we're, And like, this is like a PSA for everyone. Like just because we're sitting here sober recording a podcast does not mean that we don't have issues still, you know, like we still have fucking problems. And like, I still am struggling with my weight. I am still struggling with my mental illness. And I mean, I think you can confirm that, that like, even though it's like an everyday reprieve and an everyday journey to work
1: on ourselves, like we still have problems. Yeah. I mean, just I shared in a meeting um last night that you know you and I, and I hope it's okay that I say this, both struggle with mental health. Yeah. And I last night had said in the meeting that I feel like and I said to you this morning that I'm lacking serenity. Mm-hmm. I'm lacking that calm feeling that untroubled feeling yeah you know and it's affecting me in certain ways i meditate every night before bed and this past week it's been so difficult Mm -hmm. because i can't shut off my brain
0: and it's hard to catch ourselves in that but i think that alone is like just shows growth in itself the fact that we're now able to recognize these things and you know like i when i was drinking, using, and when I first got sober. And even now, like, I just had a conversation with another woman yesterday for an hour, you know, about this kind of stuff and about, you know, like needing to, I feel like it's also like a perfection thing. Like we in our brains know that we're not perfect and no one's perfect, but like, God forbid you know, like I can't not be perfect. So like I need to put up a front and I need to try to control everything that I can in order to come off as perfect when we're not perfect and we all have our problems. And I think that's what, I mean, I know for you, like the lack of serenity and mine right now is like the, I I'm, I'm struggling with that too. And it's like overcompensating and we're trying to, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know me, like I'm trying to I was trying to do 90 meetings in 90 days. I was trying to, you know, get new sponsees. I was trying to do this, trying to do that, get commitments here, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's running from myself. And it's your, you know, I actually um, posted on Instagram on my my uh, personal story, which I thought was like awesome for this too. It says, sit with it. Instead of drinking with it, drink, okay. No, let me start over. Sit with it. Instead of drinking it away, smoking it away, sleeping it away, eating it away, fucking it away, or running from it, sit with it. Healing happens by feeling. And that is like some powerful shit because- when do we sit with anything? (laughs) Like, I hate sitting with my feelings. Who wants to? I hate it. It like drives me up a wall. And that's literally what we would do. We would drink it away. We would smoke it away. We would eat it away. We would not eat it away. We would fuck it away. We would run from it. And like, that's basically, I feel like such a huge part of my story, your story and anyone who's listening is like, not being able to sit with those uncomfortable feelings and feelings suck. Mm -hmm. They're like really fucking hard, (laughs) you know? And I still get that. Like, I wish I could just like make them go away. But like, do I emotions? What are these? Like they're so (laughs) uncomfortable. And like we, That's what we did for so many years is we drank and we drugged and we ate and we did different things and we ran from our feelings and our problems. And where does that get us? Gets us to 2021 sitting, recording a podcast about our feelings, you know, like like it's kind of, I don't know. It's just really, it's also scary, like how our brains work and how it can give us such a negative feeling about ourselves. And like, that's really sad.
1: It is sad. And I am hoping that throughout my sobriety, because I'm still infant sobriety, I like to call it, because I haven't hit my year yet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I hope that throughout it, you know, I'm starting to like myself. Mm -hmm. I want to love myself. I'm realizing I don't suck. I'm realizing (laughs) I... You don't suck. I love you. You know, know, I thought I was this huge shitty person and I'm realizing now that I'm sober, I can show up for my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, I can show up for my family. Um, I'm not afraid of food anymore. I can eat. I put on weight, Julie, and I didn't freak the fuck out and want to rip my head off and (laughs) throw it across the room. Like... Uh... Because I went down to, it was in 2017, I went down to 99 pounds. Oh my God. Yeah. Like there's a picture of me on Instagram and I saw it the other day. I think I came out of the womb at 99 pounds. (laughs) Like I think I
0: was born like fat, but but that sucks. Why did I just say that? Why did I just say I was born fat? Because of my negative self-image, my ability to never be happy with myself and never sit and be like, okay, Julie, like, let's look in the mirror today and let's be happy with what we see. And you said you haven't hit your year yet. And you've already grown so much as a person. And that alone is incredible. I'm almost like, what, in two weeks, I'll be like 17 months over or something, which is great. But like, it's a forever thing. Like, I don't know if I have this like picture in my brain that like, once I hit a certain time, or once I like reach a certain point in my sobriety, that everything's just going to be like, butterflies and freaking roses and everything's going to be happy because like, it's not.
1: Well, I know you mentioned this on a past episode and it's making me really want to say it, but I want my friend Julie to be nice to herself.
0: Yes. Because yes.
1: Julie is beautiful and amazing. And this amazing soul that you all have the pleasure of hearing over this podcast right now. Um, I get where you're coming from though. I get like, why? Because, you know, we struggle with self image because we live in this society where it matters what you look like. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like, I turn around and
0: I'm like, does it matter what I look like? Who does it matter to what I look like? Me. It matters to me what I look like. It matters to no one fucking else. And if it does, then those people really aren't meant to like be on my side and be in my corner and be like, you know, part of my, my gang, you know, like they're not, you know, so when we have people that make us feel insecure and that make us. You know i should say no one can make us feel anything but like that's like an us problem not a them problem not a society problem not an everyone else problem like that's a kimberly problem that's a julie problem that's like shit that we need to work on you know and that's like that's something that i really um you know when other people feel some type of way like that's a them problem You know, like if you're so unhappy with how I look, then maybe you need to recheck yourself and I'm just going to keep doing my thing. And I think that it's really hard for people. Also, I just want to mention that when we first get sober, um, I know a lot of people replace the drugs and the alcohol with food and Mm -hmm. with sweets. And I know for me, I was like waking up in the middle of the night and having like a giant bowl of ice cream at three o'clock in the morning.
1: Oh, I did the same thing. 7 a.m. I was having uh, Reese's peanut butter cups and I told my sponsor Mm -hmm. and she was like, I approve of this message. You know, (laughs) and it's
0: like and we have to do these things in order to. I hate when people say this, but I'm going to say it because it's so true, we're right where we're supposed to be. So if you're just getting sober, and you're eating a shit ton of food, and you're gaining weight, and you're, you know, hating how you look, like, that's okay. Because you're what? Alive. And you're not dying from drugs and alcohol. Like no one died from eating too much cake for a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, obviously, like, I don't want to gain weight, health problem, blah, blah, whatever. But You know, like it's like we need to understand that we're doing the best we can with what we have. And that is what I try to live by is like I'm doing the best I can with what I got. And like that's all I can do. Like I can't keep striving for that like more and that perfection and that like like we live like we just said last episode, the scarcity complex. Like we live in the I heard someone say we live in the disease of more and like what we have is never enough never enough drugs never enough alcohol never enough self-confidence never enough serenity never enough this like maybe you're supposed to be freaking all anxious and not serene right now because you're learning how to deal with those feelings and maybe i'm not supposed to be you know maybe i'm supposed to be how i am right now because i need to learn how to like take a step back and i need to learn to focus on julie a little more and stop trying to overcompensate my own feelings with outside circumstances
1: you know yeah This shit is rough. It is. And we're sober now. And we feel these feelings. There is no numbing agent in this game anymore. Yo. Like.
0: That's a lot. Yeah. That's like a lot too. And like for people who, like I said, for people who are listening and who are just getting sober or for people who have been sober for 10 years or for people who don't have a problem with drugs and alcohol and are just listening to support us. Like we love all of you and you need to love yourself because we're still working on loving ourselves. So like, let's just get a whole bunch of love happening. And then maybe we will someday be serene and be, you know, happy. And I think that it's not, it's not necessarily like a, a goal to be a certain level of happiness and have a certain level of serenity, but it's like an everyday project Yes. to like work on it and make those conscious efforts to, like you've said a million times, like self
1: care. Yeah, self-care is important. It really is. Like I dye my hair and get my nails done, and that's my form of self-care because it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. So, like I said in our last episode, do one thing a day that makes you feel good, even if it's for a week and just see how you feel. Yeah. It could be the smallest thing, but it made you feel good for five minutes, and that's important. But at least for those twenty four hours, you had five positive minutes Mm -hmm. of the day. And honestly, that sounds like
0: bullshit when it's like, oh, five minutes out of 24 hours. But like, holy Hannah hell, I would rather five minutes of somewhat of peace and somewhat of like, all right, feel good shit than like 24 hours of living in a lie, living drunk, living high, living hating myself. You know, like we have to do these little things every day that help us because if we don't, then we're just going to go back to like self-destructive mode and like self-sabotage. I am like queen of self-sabotage. Like that should probably be my middle name. (laughs) You know, like it's like we get in a good spot and then we're not. And it's just, it's just constantly like a work in progress. And so for anyone who's listening, I, or anyone who suffers with an eating disorder or not eating enough or eating too much or not walking enough or walking too much or not loving yourself or being a little cocky, you know, whatever the case is, like, it's all okay. Where, like where, where we're supposed to be. And I think that that's like a huge message today that we should kind of leave it at is where we're right where we're supposed to be at every given moment at every given day.
1: I agree a hundred percent with you, Julie. And I think this has been a great episode and I've enjoyed this conversation with you today. And I hope that it sits with our listeners Mm -hmm. and sitting with it, not running from
0: it, not freaking eating it away, drinking it away, smoking it away, fucking it away, sleeping it away but sitting with it and feeling those feelings because that is some tough shit is to feel.
1: Yes. And I'm feeling my feelings right now, Julie. Yeah. We're probably going to end this and then
0: continue to talk for like another hour. So, but on that note, um, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you always and hit subscribe and just follow us on Instagram, DM us with any suggestions, or this was actually, um, a suggestion from one of our listeners to, um, you know, talk about some stuff that we struggle along with our alcoholism and drug addictions. So thank you guys for listening.
1: Yes. So our Instagram is at JK we're sober So don't forget to send us a message, give us some likes, and like Julie said, hit subscribe and stay strong and stay sober.